And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Ted, I know you had to work. You were a busy man yesterday. But to, from the Keys to the City family, we hope that everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. There were some great games, for, and it was a good day for us because, yes, the Giants didn't play, but the Dallas Cowboys did play. We'll get into that in a few, but it's an all-football show. We got college football in the back of us right now. We're watching Virginia, Virginia Tech right now. Big, big slate of games. Major implications for the college football playoff and the Big Six New Year's Eve games as well. We'll be talking all about that. Be joined by Chaz, his picks. We'll talk about that. We're we'll on the verge of chaos in college football. And Chase, and Chase Young, believe it or not, can he still win the Heisman? Yet missing two games, it's either Joe Burrow or Chase Young's Heisman to win. Comes down to that. And then we're talking the NFL. We're talking New York Giant football. Who's the next head coach? Is it really Jason Garrett? We're going to talk all about that. Trust me. Don't worry. And we got possibly a Super Bowl 54 preview this weekend. And how both teams are pretty, pretty alike. And we'll talk about that. But we have to start off, like I said, with yesterday. It was a good day for us. It wasn't a good day for those Dallas Cowboy fans. Yesterday's supposed to be a great day for football fans, a day for people to enjoy. Do with your loved ones. Have fun, laugh, smile, conversate, eat. Can't forget about that. We know people love to eat. I never got into that, why people love eating Thanksgiving food. Like four or five times. Turkey? It's just, it's just like, I could have one plate. I'm good with it. No, but first of all, you have two plates. I'm first good all, with you, one you, plate. First of all, you start with the antipas, and you have the appetizers. Then you go to the turkey, and you can listen. Well, speaking I, of I say, that, I, listen, I had turkey twice. I had turkey once at home, and then when I went to work, they they bought us food for dinner last night. So I had turkey again. Well, you just said ham, it. Hold on, with so, ham and mac and cheese. And what the best thing is, what I did is then I mixed it up. Now I had the, now I had the Italian bread. I had the bread. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting. This I is not a, ham this and is not a food together. Listen to me. Listen. You just said the antipas. The 12-30 game was the antipas. The Bears and the Lions, a good game. Looked on paper to be ah, but it was. It turned out to be a great game. Then you go to the 4-30 game, and that's the main course. For us NFC's fans and, and most people that just don't like the Dallas Cowboys, it was a good day. What is going on with this team right now? This is a team every year. For the, it seems like for the past five years specifically that they've had so much talent. They're so great. They're going to the Super Bowl this year. They're going to finally do it. Yet we sit here now again on November 29th of 2019, and the Dallas Cowboys are at 500. This is what the Dallas Cowboys are. I don't know what the record record is for the past 20 years, but up until like maybe this year, it was at, or last year, it was 500. They had a 500 record. This is what the Dallas Cowboys are. This is what they do. High expectations, high praise throughout the league, yet no show on the field. They got slapped around by a Buffalo team that many people felt, yes, was 8-3, and three, but we didn't take them serious yet. No, we did not. I think we should start taking the Buffalo Bills a little more serious because of the way, yes, they won, but 
the way they did it. That score was 26 to 15, but for majority of that game, it was 26 to 7. And we're going to get into. And, and, and don't forget, Hoshka missed an extra point. Yes. Stephen and Hosh- we're going to. So and, they, that game could have been a lot worse than it really was. You said it to me, Ted Trev. You go, Ted. They they beat the Cowboys up. They beat them. They beat they them. They embarrassed up. them. They beat them up on the two. Ted, spots. they embarrassed them on national TV in front of millions of fans, and you know people were watching that game because it's the Dallas Cowboys. But they beat them up on the two spots that we thought the Dallas would have an advantage of. At least in the offensive line, we felt the offensive line would have been able to control the game of Buffalo. At least I did from that perspective. Ted, to me, now, it's 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 this. And then, and then it's I, this. And also. then I thought like Demarcus Lawrence and the and Michael Bennett and the rest of that Dallas line would put enough pressure on Josh. Josh Allen, he would not be able to complete the passes. Would, you know, that he wanted to, and that's and, an, and, and, and I thought Dallas. Listen, they're home. They would win. It's Thanksgiving. All the animosity and all the crap that's going on with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett in the last whatever so odd weeks, that things would change and Dallas would find a way to win. You know, it just you figure this is the game that Dallas wins, and it wasn't even close. This is another thing. Josh Allen outplayed Dak Prescott. I don't care what the stats say. Josh Allen made the smarter plays, made the bigger plays in the big moments when needed most. Josh Allen delivered throws to his weapons. And we know that Buffalo does not have the weapons that the Dallas Cowboys have. Dak Prescott, in the big moments, failed miserably, choked again. And you saw with the little dunk off to Zeke and wasn't even close to him, you look at this team, and we'll get into it with the New York Giants and how some smart fans, if there is any smart Giant fans out there anymore, why Jason Garrett should be considered for the Giants job is beyond blasphemy. It's, it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. I hope it's just smoke and mirrors. But you look at this team. Who do you point the finger at? That's what it ultimately... You got an owner that yet... And people were saying, we're listening to the shows coming up. He had a 25-minute post-game conference with the press. Who the hell does that as an owner? Also, who the hell, after getting your asses kicked for 60 minutes, and then you come out and want to call out, we're better than this. For 60 minutes, Shannon Sharp said it best. You had an opportunity... To bounce back. A big game, primetime game against a, a soon-to-be playoff team in the AFC. And what do you do? You lay a dud. You should have never showed up. Now, who do you point the finger at? You pointed at Jason Garrett. You pointed, pointed at Jerry Jones. That's what it ultimately comes down to. Jason Garrett, we know what Jason Garrett is. He is the Dallas Cowboys. We know what he is. He's average. He's an average coach, if at best an average coach. He is not a good coach. He does not do the right things a great coach should do. He doesn't make the adjustments. He doesn't make the fixes. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys currently sit, yes, yes, still number one in the NFC East. But they are 6-6. Six and six. And right now with the, with, the, with the schedule, and we talked about it last week, Eagles or Dallas, the Philly has looks easy, like their schedule. They they have way the, they have the easiest schedule them. right now according yes. to football NFL.com that they have the easiest schedule going forward. Dallas has the eleventh easiest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dallas has had the last two weeks to take over this division and do what the Saints did last night, and that's clinch 
a playoff spot. Congratulations to the Saints as being the first team in the NFL to do that. You watched the game yesterday. There is no more excuses. We've seen this story over and over. If this was, you know, this is the Marvin Lewis story. We've it's seen the NFC, this, man. It's the How NFC version. Times? It's the NFC version of Marvin. How Lewis. many times are you going to see the same thing? Listen, I know I'm a Giant fan. Everyone's going to look like we're haters. I'm not a hater, but when you have the offensive line that everyone looks at, and you say Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Leo Collins. Collins, and you got Witt, and you got Dak, who's having a phenomenal you got Amari. season statistically wise against bad have, teams. Okay, then, against bad. Then teams. you have Demarcus Lawrence. You picked up Michael Bennett. You, um, you got Quinn. Um, oh, Robert Quinn, Robert, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen, uh, Jalen Smith, Byron Jones. By, Ezek, we haven't even mentioned their best player, Ezekiel Elliott. You just heard, you just named off about ten to fifteen players that are really good players at their position. When you look at the New England game, you know we we watch Colin Coward. We're big fans of Colin Coward on the show. We watched it, and he said, if you were doing like a kickball team or a top 10 team, if you're doing a draft, and you were drafting players, I think we went through this last week, you'd probably draft seven or eight Cowboys before you would draft any Patriots. You know, Brady and Gilmore would be one and two, would, would be, be the top the, Patriots. Yeah. But then really, who are you taking? You majority would, of the time you're taking, majority of the players are going to be Dallas. Talent-wise, Majority okay. of them will be Dallas. What do you think Bill Belichick's record would be if he was a Dallas Cowboy coach? What do you think Kyle Shanahan? They probably have about I mean, three or four you championships. Gotta look, you got to look at these teams. You know, look what Kyle Shanahan has done for the 49ers. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. You can you can compare Dak and Jimmy. Very similar in their careers, how they started. Dak had a very successful yeah. early career, mm -hmm. had a good offense line, had a good running game, and play-action pass, similar to what the 49ers do. Now, the 49ers have a tremendous defense, more so on the front end. Yeah. Than Dallas does, but they have a great secondary too. But you look at the coaching. Coaching plays a huge, huge, a huge. Listen, yeah. we talk about this in high school football all the time. I'll make a perfect example. If anyone knows New Haven County high school football, East Haven high school football has been god awful for years. Not anymore. But a guy named Scotty Benoit, who was my uh, wide receiver coach, as sophomore at North Haven. One of the best coaches. Came in the best coach to East Haven high school. State. They were winning no games, maybe one or two. This year, they finished 7-3. The last couple of years that he's been the coach, they've been a winning program. Wherever he's gone, Hamden High School, they were a perennial top 10 thing. Now, now look at them. They're now, garbage. Now they're garbage. Guilford, he had them that's what That's what great coaching does. Great that's coaching. what great coaching does. Everybody Anthony wants Sagnella from North Haven High School. Look at the town of North Haven. They really were nothing. But he has turned it around and, and made them of yes. coaching. They've talked about this. For anybody that thinks they're going to blame it on Man, at, on Jerry Jones, yes, you could play a part, but he's the one that's drafting these players. You have such a talented team for a coach to be or a team to be 500. And the Dallas Cowboys kind of sum up the personification of this division as a whole. Because you look at the NFC East right now, man, Ted. The Washington Redskins and the Giants are god-awful. They will be 2-3 and three in the NFL draft. Well, time, time will tell on that. And then you have the Eagles and the Cowboys. Specifically this year, they're the personification of this. Underachieving. No, 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 no. Overrated. Because coming into this year. Or underachieving. Because, no, listen. Because the Eagles and Dallas, coming into this year, we thought these were two teams that were going to compete. For the NFC title or maybe a Super Bowl appearance. Listen, and what are a the lot of teams? Oh, excuse me. A lot of experts, experts had Philly. Going to the Super Bowl. I had, a them, lot at of I had them at 12 Lewis Riddick had Carson Wentz at, yes. as the MVP of this league. My point is, is that you look at the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. You look at the Eagles recently. This division is, is extremely overrated. And it's because it's led at the top by two teams right now that are currently overrated. 
Both teams. One's a 500 team. One's on the verge of being 500. That's what this division is. It's 500 and over, or overrated. Whatever word you want to use for it, because the other two teams, there's no need to talk about them. Only reason we talk about them is because they are, we are giant fans. But those two teams are horrible. This division is overrated, just like the Dallas Cowboys, just like the Philadelphia Eagles. And if yesterday didn't prove it to you, then you must have been in a food coma. Because what I saw for 60 minutes yesterday was a Buffalo team, a team that was still up for debate, we would say. Around the league, most would still say, yes, they were 8-3, and three, but up for debate. If they were a playoff contending team, who knows what they're going to do now because they look like a legit team that could make a run in the playoffs. Time will tell on that as well. But you look at that for 60 minutes, the better team won the game. See, the way I look at Jerry Jones is this, this – I'm not a Cowboy fan, so I, there's a little more, more um, negativity toward him. But I look at him in George Steinbrenner. He's the same type of guy. All he wants to do is win. He's a big, big ego. Jerry Bu- the big listen, egos. Jerry Buss. Guys like that, George they Steinbrenner, want to win. When he, was down, he had press conferences just like Jerry did. But he would do anything for his team to win. And Jerry Jones has done. He's, listen, last year when they were 3-5 and five and they needed to make a move, he went to go get Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Now, some people would say they over... Um, they gave up too much for him. Oh no, he was. Come on, last no, no, I know. last year he was. I know what I you're know, saying. I know when he came to the Cowboys, he made he made Dak his they, play went to elite level. It seemed now, like last you year. You can question some of the moves he's in, but his son is the GM too and has a say. Has a, a big t- say because that was the big thing about Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Jerry wanted Johnny Manziel. His son didn't, and I believe they drafted Zach Nick, Mar- Zach Martin. Zach Martin, thank you very much. Zach Martin, look how that so, panned out. We know how that panned out. All the players that we named before when I did that runoff, it's guys that he drafted. He got dra- – he, he traded from Amari Cooper. Him and his son drafted Dak. They drafted Zeke over Jalen Ramsey because they were building an offensive line with a running back. They drafted Demarcus Lawrence. He picked up Byron Jones. He drafted Van Der Esch early when people were like, ah, I think that's a little too early. He drafted Jalen Smith. Smith, who a lot of people said shouldn't draft because who knows if he'll ever play. He gave that kid a shot, and now he's one of the best linebackers in the game. He has done everything he can as a, now as I a know- personnel standpoint to put his team in success. Now, it comes down to the coaching. Coaching has to play a major factor of getting your players right. Now, I also use the old model, coaches coach, players play. 100% agree with that. The players have not played up to potential. Now, the coaches can only get them up to a certain point ready. But, like, Dak did not perform well. The offensive line was subpar yesterday, and Buffalo Bills beat them up. Zeke has not looked the same. Are you kidding me? They I, have to – he was – the past two games, here's Ezekiel Elliott has Elliott. been doing – has performing well, Jeff, to his I, I level. Know, know they you, just don't give him the ball. I know, but he Ted, got 20, we, I know he got 21 points in 15. I don't care about Jeff, the pick. Hold on. He has not looked the same Ted, since his they first get, year. Okay, so he hasn't looked he the looked same. He looked fat. Oh, okay, but who cares? He's a big back. This is what he does. He was, That's what he is. When's the last time you see him break a long run? My point is, when we talked about this, Ezekiel Elliott, the last time he touched the ball yesterday... Was nine twenty eight in the third quarter? That, that's that's a, Jerry Jones. No, there's some people. That's Jerry Jones' fault. No, that's Kellen though. Moore. That's Kellen Moore, and that's Jason Garrett. No, because yeah. Jason Garrett should say, "I want my best players getting the ball." Ezekiel Elliott is the best player on offense on that team. Is he the most important? No. Dak Prescott is the most important, but the best player on that team and best player on that offense is Ezekiel Elliott, and he was torching them with good runs. Big runs, passing plays, he's getting it. Last two weeks, 
The, Ezekiel Elliott has done Ezekiel Elliott things. They're just not giving him the ball anymore. And that's on the coaching. Because yes, you could say. Because they're trying to prove that Dak is worth the 35 million. And right now, good. Pay him 100 million. Pay him 50 million a year. Pay him 100 million a year. Pay him a billion. I don't care. This is what Dak Prescott is. You're an SEC fan. You've seen it in the SEC. This is what he did in Mississippi State. He beat all the bad teams and couldn't beat Alabama. They were the number one team at one point in the college football playoff, I think in the first ever college yes, football were. playoff rankings. Mississippi State was the number one team in the country, led by Dak Prescott. They finished 9-3 and three because they played great opponents. And that's if you. this is what Dallas is this year. This If you look on the screen, the Dallas Cowboys. I'll put it, I have, I have just, Dak just quick, th before we get into... Teams that have been dominating the league. We'll get into that in a sec. They're six Just one look at what teams. the stats say. Just look at it. That's all you have to say about the Dallas Cowboys this year and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, when he plays the Giants and the Redskins and the Dolphins, they look like Hall of Fame numbers. Anybody will look like a Hall of Famer when you're playing those teams. There's a reason they're bad teams. But when you play good teams like the Vikings, the Packers, the Bills, the Patriots— Dak Prescott goes missing. I, like Lamar Jackson, like Christian McCaffrey, I know what they are because I've seen it done in college. They dominated college football. I know what Dak Prescott is because I saw it in college. You're all you all got— But that, that, does, got that doesn't mean everything. But you though. got introduced to Dak Prescott when he came into the league. I know what Dak Prescott is. I've seen it. I've seen it for years, and that's why Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys— Continue to be the team that they are, which is overrated and average. That's because most people are not college and NFL fans like we are. People didn't know who start probably to start watching it so you get a feel for these guys now. So don't be amazed by what they do or disappointing. That's the problem. Fans need to watch college too. Oh, I don't like to. Well, guess what? You should. Because that's why you see Lamar Jackson dominating and Christian McCaffrey dominating and Michael Thomas. Because those players dominated in college. And guys like Dak Prescott, who right now plays great against the worst teams in the league, but doesn't show up, just like he did in college. I'm not surprised. Dallas Cowboys have a huge mess going forward. They have a huge game next Sunday night against a team that's also disappointed, Chicago Bears. But I'm getting it in. I'm done with the Dallas Cowboy talk. I'm getting over to two teams, one team that's we expected where the Dallas Cowboys maybe should be this year, and maybe both teams. And that's the Baltimore Ravens. Against the San Francisco 49ers. Is this a Super Bowl 54 preview? Hey, if it is, sign me up. Because I'd love to see this matchup. And you think about it. These teams are very alike. This is the number one defense in the NFL currently right now. Against the number one offense. San Fran's giving up 248 yards per game. Baltimore's averaging 430. They're the number one pass defense in the league. Baltimore's number one in the rushing attack at 210. You know who's number two? In mm. Russian? Yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the San Francisco. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, but I'm, also, I'm just defensive, this is this. Defensively, they're 19th, San Fran, and stopping the run, 111. So why do I say this also? Defense on the Baltimore side, they're top 10 defense. The San Francisco 49ers are a top 10 offense right now. They're, top, they're number three right now, the Baltimore Ravens, in rushing yards allowed. But they're 16th in giving up the pass. 
just like the 49ers or 19th in Russian. You look at the similarities with this team, with both of these teams. They're led by their they're led by the offense of the Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers are led by a great defense, a stout defense. You have two great coaches. You have a a guy in Harbaugh who's been doing great things since coming to Baltimore. He, we know what, what he is. Like we know what Jason Garrett is, we know what John Harbaugh is. And then with the Kyle Shanahan, the young up and comer, the guru Comes from a well-known family in the NFL. Jimmy G is starting to play well. Starting to p- perform better in big moments. This is a huge opportunity for both teams to really... We know what Baltimore's done the past couple of weeks, but I really... if They've been the most impressive. Let impre- me tell you they, this. They've been the most Let me tell you this. If, the they go, if, if, if they dominate this San Francisco 49er team, which nobody has been able to do this year, I'm sorry, but the New England Patriots have to keep winning because if Baltimore gets home field advantage, you could say sayonara. The Baltimore Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. That's, that's how, if this game goes the way that it could, which could be a blowout. Well, the Baltimore Ravens well, right now. Here's the thing. I would give the 49ers, and I'm not making a prediction, but I, I would give the 49ers a much better opportunity to win this game if Baltimore was a passing team because the 49ers, the teams that they have struggled against this year are Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, guys that have athletic ability to be able to scramble, run, or pass. They can't slow down the run, which is nerve-wracking because this is what Baltimore's strength is. Do you know how many they averaged 210 yards on the ground this year? Yeah, it's incredible. It's it was like <laughs> that's I, I remember, I remember, that's laughable. I remember seeing a stat. It was like fifty more yards than the next. Yeah, but team. The, the, no, it's it's seventy. It's seventy more yards. Seventy more yards. They're averaging two hundred and ten rushing yards per game. San Fran averages one hundred and forty-five. Now the 49ers sixty-five yard. The difference. 49ers have the second stingiest defense in the league. They only give up fourteen points. But Baltimore's defense, I think that's what has been more impressive to me is seeing all the guys we talked about last week, all the guys that they had lost. You know, with C.J. Mosley and Suggs and Eric Weddle, and their defense is so much better this year. It is, as a whole. They picked up Earl Thomas. They traded for Marcus Peaks. They had Jimmy Smith. Their secondary is impressive. They're, they're able to do things schematically, you know, and what I'm really um, excited to see is the matchup of the two d- coordinators, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, and the defense coordinator for the 49ers. Both Robert guys. Robert Yeah, these He's guys been, yeah. are phenomenal. These guys might be setting themselves up for head coaching vacancies in the offseason. And, hello, I'll take Greg Roman. We can use a running uh, offensive mind. I mean, he did, it, he, did, Giants. He, did, he did pretty I, well with San Fran, too, back and, in the and day. And I'd love to see the 49er coach in Dallas. I think that's what Dallas needs, a leader like that. But okay. we're not going to get into that. I'm excited for this game. It has all the makings of a superstar type of game. You have Nick Boza. You have that D-line of the 49ers. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Mark Ingram. I'm really interested to see – where the matchups go. It's kind of like how we talked about on Tuesday, how which is fascinating because Baltimore, you don't know what to expect every week from them. 
when it comes to which guy is going to have the big game. And then San Fran, with the way this defense is playing, you don't know what kind of defense alignment or a linebacker is going to have a big game. But you can say, that about, may, you can say that about the 49ers offense, too. But that's, what, may, but that's, G, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what, makes the, game. that's what makes these teams so great is that each and every week, and why the Patriots have been able to do it for 20 years, and it's going to continue, is because of the, fa- of the ability to... Give one of your playmakers, it doesn't have to be a main guy. It could be anybody. When you have those guys, when you have that ability to do that and the opportunities to give your playmakers, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be your number one. It could be your number three receiver. It could be your backup running back. It doesn't matter. This is why these teams are in the position that they are currently right now, which is number one in the NFC and number two in the AFC. And look like they could be fighting for the number one or maybe get a number one seed. It's because they don't each and every week it's who's going to perform. We don't if one of the, what I'm trying to say is if one of their one, their main targets is is not having the day that they expect, like a Mark Ingram. They have other options. Willie Sneed. They have Marquise Brown, Nick Boyle, Jaden Hurst, uh, Mark Andrews. That's what great. If Jimmy G's not or Tevin Coleman's not. They have Matt Breida at times, Mostert as well. They have Debo weapons. Samuel. They have weapons. Kittle. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say is that they have so many weapons. Emmanuel Sanders that they traded for. And that's another thing. That is another thing. George Kittle, the main weapon on that team. If he's not having a good game, they have Emmanuel Sanders. But he, they he's have, their, here's their biggest I know, but maker. they have Debo Samuel. They have guys, Dante Pettis, guys that can open up the play at, playbook anytime. And that's why they're in the positions that they currently are. That's why they're winning. Yes, their defenses and their offenses are incredible. Baltimore, I know what they've done. Well, Lamar Jackson, he's done is incredible. Nick Bosa, what he's doing is incredible. But it's because of the plethora of talent that they have on each side of the ball. And that and that stems from the organization yes. up top. Yes. Ozzie Newsom's last pick in the first round as a um as a GM was, was, Lamar, Jackson. was Lamar Jackson. You look at what John Lynch has done. Yeah. They got three first round picks on that front line. They also have D Ford they traded for. They, they also, drafted a Debo Samuel in the second, late rounds. So I mean have, look. Their D tackle, DJ Jones, is a beast. No one talks about him because he was a Fifth or sixth round pick. I remember seeing it on Monday Night Football. Well, it's overshadowed <laughs> by the greatness of Bosa. Well, and not Buckner even greatness. It's, it's not even about that. It's about the guys that were there who selected. A lot of times, it's not about the greatness. I mean, Solomon Thomas. I mean, they he's have, starting to. Yes, they have guys that they can consistently rotate. The way the 49ers are going to win this game. Are you picking it, the 49ers? No, I said the, I'm not uh-huh. picking. I said oh, the you're way not going to have. I'm curious of who you would pick. I'm picking them. I'm picking the Ravens. I think so too. I just think with the way they're at home and the way they're clicking well, here's, offensively and, and, here's and defensively, they're starting to warm up. Their defense is starting to cause turnovers. Well, That's what I'm trying yes, to say and, as well. And, and they score points. You know, the 49ers defense right now is only giving up 136.9 points. So I'll say 137, excuse me, passing, passing yards, yards yep. per game. Yep. But that's not the Ravens style. The Ravens. <laughs> What the, go. Look, what I'm trying, yeah. I mean, it, because Their the strength. Lamar Jackson is run the. They're, they're the only team that rushes for over 200 yards and passes for over 200 yards. They're str- such a balance. Now, the only thing I worry about, and I don't know if anyone saw this, the Ravens center, he got hurt in the Rams game. He's out. He's on the IR. No kidding. Yes. 
And if anyone knows anything about offensive line, if you played offensive line in football, it all stems from the center. He is the second leader on the offense. He's the one that calls out all the blocking schemes. Yep. He's the one that sets up the other five guy, mm-hmm. other four guys on the offensive line. He's the guy pointing out the linebacker. He's the one, the tone center with the. So that relationship, quarterback to center. And also, that's the quarterback, the handoff. Everybody has a different handoff. That could play into factor two as well. I, I just there's so much. I mean, you can talk about something between the coaching matchups, Shanahan, the offensive guru, versus more of the defensive-minded guy in Harbaugh. You could talk about the Bozas and the offensive line. You could go back and forth. You can compare everything. You can talk about the linebackers. You got Richard Sherman. There's so many. Um, this is almost like a Pro Bowl type of game where there's so many superstars on all over the field. You just you don't and you don't know wh- whose side is going to win. It's incredible. This game should be incredible. I expect. I, it to, wish I this, expect. I, uh, Jace, yes, Jay's put a good point. As a Giant fan, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna watch the Giant game. But for how you, long? <laughs> how long? You wish this game was the four o'clock or the eight o'clock. I game, can't believe. So you can I can't focus. believe this is. And I don't know how it's supposed to be. It is in Baltimore. We are expecting to get some. Major weather in the Northeast. I don't know if it's going to affect Baltimore, but we are expected to get major weather come Sunday. So that could play into factor if Baltimore. Uh, give me the weather report. While I'm lo- I don't have the weather. I'd rather, I, I'd rather it, give you the betting report. That, I don't well, care about the betting report. You don't report. care, but everyone else in the world does. Do they? Everybody yes. else. Yeah, you should so, be the only kid. So that people th- in England care about this yes. game right now. Yes. Are you kidding me? No, there's someone. In, yes. Did you see the fans that watch football when they go over there? You're already. Yeah, they're watching soccer. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. You're already a damn mind, bro. Let me tell you a little betting nugget, huh, boy? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you want some chicken nuggets from Wendy's? <laughs> no, okay. I don't want chicken nuggets from Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's? Okay. What is the so betting? I'll tell you some stuff. So San Francisco is the first team to enter <laughs> a game as the underdog, despite having a 10-1 record. Last time it was done, Seattle 11-1 was a two-and-a-half-point underdog at San Francisco in 2013 when San Francisco was 8-4. Here's another Who won stat. that game? Did it say? Oh, I didn't know. No, it's it's I didn't know if it said. In the past 30 seasons, underdogs with records of 10-1 or better are 2-11 straight up and 3-10 against the spread. So that's the 49ers not looking to so good as the betting odds. And including 0-9 straight up and 1-8 against the spread in non-week 17 games. So with that being said, they like, and the, the bookies, the Vegas people, you can take the 49ers. They don't build casinos on winners. They build them on losers. That means take the Ravens this weekend with the points. Colin Coward, that was one of his blazing five okay. picks. He loves the four- Ravens covering the spread. They're hot. They, run- they win the game running the football. The 49ers struggle against teams that can run the football, and they struggle yeah, against quarterbacks the mid- that mm-hmm. can make plays with their legs. This should be a... We, we, we anticipate it to be a great game. We hope to be a great game. But with the way the Baltimore Ravens are clicking on offense right now, their last four games haven't been fun. And some of the, and they've been big games other than the minus the Bengals game, the Patriot game, the Texan game, and the Rams game. All games that were should have been fun to watch, enjoyable. Well, by the end of when it hit triple zeros, it was far for fun. It wasn't fun for those teams that got beat up. So the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers, to all NFL fans, enjoy it. Hopefully you have red zone. Hopefully you have red zone. But we should also, as we are Giant fans, we'll we, we have to get to the Giants. And we also got the best player on off, offensive player in the game. I, I'm curious of what you say. I'm curious of what you think is the best offensive player in the NFL right I now. I love when people say that losing the center is not that big of a deal. 
They whatever. It's not. It big. is. It is what. It is it's what it is. Somebody goes, yeah, losing Lamar and Mark Ingram. You know what? Where's Captain Obvious when you need him? Where's Captain? Thank you, Captain Obvious. I, but I, time. But time. We have to talk. The reason why this game is not maybe going to be on Fox is because there is a New York Giant game on. No, it won't be on Fox. It's on CBS. It's on Fox. It's on Fox. Don't tell. Go look. Go look. Go look. I'm right. Bet me right now. Well, that's because the Patriots. Bet, be no. It's because the Patriots. Or the Jets. And the Giants are playing 1 o'clock. We know what the Giants are right now. They're 2-9 and nine, on the verge of looking like it's going to be 2-10. and 10. Another dreadful season. Another coaching change in the works, possibly. And I say that with a question mark because we do not know if Pat Shermer is going to be the head coach next year. This was a team, yes, went 5-11 and 11 last year. And we were hoping for better things. We worked on the offensive line. We thought the ov- offensive line was going to be one of the strengths of this team this year. And boy, were we f- are fooled on that one. Saquon Barkley has struggled. Now, is it the injury? He doesn't say so, but it could be a lingering thing right now. It is a serious injury, what, he got, what was sustained in that Tampa game. But like I said, this two, two years ago, they were a 3-13 team. They fired Ben McAdoo. Then they went 5-11. and 11. Okay, that, uh, okay, we won two games. Maybe it looks like we're going in the right direction. You know what happened in the offseason. You know what we did. But now we look at it in week 13, and we've taken a step back. We're going back in time to being 3-13, and 2-14 and 14 again. We're going backwards. That's why the reason the New York Giants need to look for a new coach, and I'm sorry, but Pat Shermer is not a head coach. He's not. They're taking a step back. There is no positivity right now. The only positivity that, to me, and people will be, oh, well, he's, he hasn't been a good, is Daniel Jones. I know his stats have been great, and I know his turnovers have been eh. But Daniel Jones, the biggest question going into this year, Ted, for most Giant fans was, we going to have a franchise quarterback? Are we going to have a future quarterback, or is it going to be Eli Manning? I think most Giant fans, to some of the smart fans, like I said, if there is actually any smart fans anymore, because it seems like there isn't, Daniel well, Jones well, looks like he's our future quarterback. Well, I guess, like, and some people say offensive line's not that important in the NFL. I was just told. That's why the I, New York Giants, yeah. That, that, somebody, yeah. somebody said offensive line's not that important. Maybe in high school. You don't know the you don't know the game of football then if you're if you're not. I'm sorry. Like you just look, you just think that all they have to do is put place in Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes and they're going to the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, gotcha. That's why Patrick Mahomes was out for a couple weeks because he got injured too. I know he got injured and a quarterback sneak, a bad play call, but it was previous weeks leading up to it because of his offensive line was getting beat up. Well, why wasn't Eli successful? Because his offense line was god awful. Well, they would just say I mean, because I, I have the picture up in front of us. Saquon Barkley last four games. He's got 63 carries for 152 yards and 2.4 rush. Now, now talent wise, if anyone you would agree that Saquon Barkley talent wise is one of the best, if five, not the most talented ta- running back in the game. It's probably the most talented running, running back, back in, in the game, if not top three. Well, however you want to grade him, I don't care. It's not that's not point of the conversation. But you don't have a good offensive line, so then you can't run the football. You look at what the Ravens are doing. You look at what we just talked about. The 49ers are doing. Yep. 
Great offensive lines. They have very good offensive line. Great. Every key piece is listen. Why do you think the Patriots are? Why do you think the Patriots have been struggling? No, No, but why do you think they've been successful and now they're struggling? They don't have an offensive line. Look at the difference last week when they got Isaiah Wynn back. Because they got an offensive lineman that can block. Because the guy before them wasn't good enough for the Packers. He wasn't good enough for the Giants. It's not rocket science. Offensive line, if you do not think offensive line is important in the NFL. Go look up the Cowboys record when Tyron Smith is not the left tackle for the Cowboys. Dak's numbers are tremendously down. I'm not saying one player is going to make the biggest difference. There's five pieces. But if you know anything, you watch football, you watch the Instagram, they show the videos. It's a cohesive unit moving all at the same speed at the right time because there's so much that goes on. You got to block here. You got to come down. You have to double team. You got to release the assignments. The assignments. assignments. It's the tone center. I wish my buddy Charles was on the thing. He would love this conversation because we used to have this argument in high school football. What's more important in high school football, skill players or offensive line? And he used to say offensive line. I said skill players because in high school, the best player is just better than everyone else, and he could do things. But when you get to the NFL, Once everyone, you be, when you became smart, when you, you be, finally realized no, that. In high school, it's still the oh, best. That's fine. If you but, have a superstar type kid. In, in high school, you can win games with just that. No, I, I understand. in college and the NFL, reason why Alabama's been so successful because of their offensive line. To, listen, when they talk about Alabama, it's the O-line and D-line. They come at you, and they pound on you, and you don't have the personnel on that side of the ball and why do you compete. think? That, and why do you think they haven't been able to been st- be stopped? Other than a couple games, why is the reason well, they're Well, in o- those cases, they had the better quarterback. Deshaun Watson was a superstar with a good offense line and D-line that was able to compensate. Why do you think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are averaging 210 yards a game right now? They averaged 94 yards rushing a game last year for Joe Flacco and couldn't protect him. Now, Lamar Jackson's a big factor because he's able to escape. (laughs) I wish I had the stat. They had numbers with Kyler Murray last year. This year compared to last year's Arizona team. It's incredible. They have a bad offensive line, but he's able to make plays. You have to have to, no. This if, you don't a, have, if you don't have a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson, okay, we're gonna Daniel Jones is not in that category. Let's go back to the Giants, okay? Yeah. You got to protect for him. He's not though. He's not Russell Wilson. Look. Oh, here's the perfect example. Watch the game last week with the 49ers and the Packers. As great as Aaron Rodgers is, because a lot of people want to put him as the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. How did he look? Against the 49ers when they couldn't protect for him. That's all I'm saying. It, what was the first drive? He got sacked, fumbled. With that, the Giants that, that right now, we thought the offensive line was going to be a better unit this year. Yep. It is not. I, we had this conversation with someone at the gym and the guy, Dave, the head guy from Health and Fitness. And I said, look at the Giants this year, right? You wanted to get the quarterback like you started this whole segment off. Mm-hmm. I think we got the quarterback. I really do. Look at his play. You could say the fumbles. I know. We can correct that. Tiki Barber had a fumbling problem. We can correct that. With that's the right called, coach. That's called pocket. With the right coach, too. That's called could, pocket that presence. Can fix, that can fix everything. Okay. But look at his numbers. You had stats or something you told me the other day. The last, like, five games. He's got he's, 17 He's got touchdowns. over, like, 280 yards passing. He's got, like, nine touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, he fumbles once a game for the last five or six games. Whatever. The only reason why they won against Tampa was because of him. The offense, the quarterback, we got. We got the running back. The offensive line is no better this year than it was last year. And that's where I'm coming back in with this whole coaching thing. We were expecting this offensive line to be a hell of a lot better than it was last year. It hasn't. It's been at best average at times. But for the majority of part of this season, it hasn't been good. And that all comes down the whole team as a whole. The energy. The, 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 there's no positivity 
within this locker room right now, and it starts with the coach. And I'm sorry, but Pat Shermer does not deserve another season as head coach of, New York, of the New York Giants. And with the recent reports right now, and we just talked about them a little while ago, and if you didn't get to check it out, you could check us out on Spotify as well. Or at Facebook, you can follow us, Keys to the City. My point is, is and we just mentioned, is Jason Garrett. There's, there's reports swirling around the league that the New York Giants have serious interest in Jason Garrett. We're literally watching Jason Garrett right now with the Dallas Cowboys. With a better, more talented ten, for team. For 10 years, and he only has two playoff wins, but yet he's... Going to come into a team that's currently 2-9 and nine and doesn't look like they may win another game this year, but he's going to change everything. Where people you know, oh, actually... Oh because, oh, because the mirrors let the coaches... Actually, if you read the reports, you sent me a report on this a couple weeks ago. Do you remember? Wow, I, I, said, you, I said you a lot about of those. Why Shermer got the job over certain other people was he was not allowed to select personnel and have a say in it. Yes, you remember you sent me that article. Yeah, but over Jim Schwartz. Because Schwartz, Schwartz wanted more. Wanted say. More, he wanted more he, say. He was like a Girardi. He wanted more say. He and, the, and the Gi Yankees. Didn't and the yes Giants man. didn't want to do that. And that's why you see Pat Shermer. He got the job over him. And you look at them now, two years later, they're in no better position than they were last year or even two. Uh, hell, forget about last year. More like two years ago. The only difference is they have a young quarterback now and a hopeful franchise quarterback. So the two guys that we've heard is Jason Garrett and Matt Rural. And the reason I say, you know what? Take the chance with them because it's a breath of fresh air. It's something different. I have a whole other guy I would like. Jim Harbaugh? That's who I if would he want. Loses. If he loses. And we'll get into that. If he but loses. But I don't think the Giants want a guy that's. I want like, Jim. I Ultimately, that's my number the, one prize possession. Don't, the mirrors don't like guys like that. Last time there's they, had, two prize last time they had a guy like that was Parcells. There's two types. There's two prizes that I want this offseason from the New that's York Giants. That's part of the reason why Parcells left the Giants is because he wanted more. Um, he Power. wanted more say in the ownership, yes. and the Maras and George Young did not want to allow Parcells. This is, and that's part of the reason why he left all the Giants. All I asked for two prizes this year. There's Chase Young and Jim Harbaugh. Those would be my two main prices. But right now with the recent, it's the two main guys. And if Jim Harbaugh is there, he wins I hope everywhere I, he goes. If Jim Harbaugh is on the market, if he does get fired, and that is all depending on what happens this weekend against Ohio State, it could change everything. If he is available, why not go for him? But Matt Real, what he's been able to do going to Temple – turning that program into what was a disaster into a team that got into the AAC championship a couple times, won it as well, and now look what he's doing in Baylor. Baylor, when he came in, was we almost thought they were going to get the death penalty for what was going on with all that. They were 1-11, and then they were 7-6, and six, and now going to a Big 12 championship and has a possible chance, a slim chance, making the college football playoff. I like what the kid's doing I, because of the direction that the NFL is going with these young-minded offensive coaches. That's why I would love to see. It's a breath of fresh air. It's something new. Whereas if they, if they went after Jason Garrett, my God, I don't know what Giant fans are. I don't know how Giant fans would feel about for, but for most part, I know how I feel about it. If, he, if they hire Jason you Garrett. You know how I look at Jason Garrett? I used this at work the other day. It's Jacoby Ellsbury. If he wasn't good enough for your division rival, how the hell is he good enough for you? He had one good season 
with the Red Sox. And Jason that was Garrett, it. he has more talent for Dallas. So we're then, gonna, ma- then majority of the teams in the NFL. So here's the thing. Jerry Jones wants a yes, man. That's, that's what people say. But when he goes to the mayor, what's he go- you think he's going to have more power? You <laughs> think he's going to make them better? You must, you must not know, I guess. You must not know. I'm just saying, if he's not good enough for the Dallas Cowboys, why is he good enough for the Giants? Especially with the talent that Dallas has compared to the Giants. The, good the, luck. The Red Sox knew something. When they let go of Ellsbury, they knew something, or else they would have never let him go. Mm-hmm. The Yankees were the idiots. If Let's the Gi- not be the if, idiots. If the Giants do go forward with that decision, and 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 Jason Garrett looks like he might he if they don't make the playoffs, he's definitely going to be fired. And we'll see. Even if they don't win in the playoffs, he may be getting fired. But boy, oh boy, if Jason Garrett is the next head coach for the New York Giants, God help us. We will continue to be. The laughing stock of the NFL. No, right we'll now. be eight and eight. We'll be eight and eight. No, we year. will not. We won't even be close to that because we don't have the talent yet to be that. So for anybody that thinks Jason Garrett is going to be the answer, then you, sir, and if you call yourself sports fans, you're falsely mistaken, Ben. Because you're seeing it. I don't know if yesterday show I don't know if you were in a food coma yesterday, but yesterday proved that as well. In the past couple weeks. In the past ten years, maybe. We know what Jason Garrett is. The New York Giants need a breath of fresh air. If Jim Harbaugh is available, that would be my number one choice. But if not, Matt Real would be my option for the next head coach, the New York Giants. Quick, Ted. I posted a poll this week, and it was the best offensive player, non-quarterback. I made sure it wasn't non-quarterback because I know people would say, oh, Patrick Mahomes or something. Non-quarterback. Best offensive player, I saw three names. The main names that I saw, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Dalvin Cook. Only reason why I don't put Dalvin Cook, what he's done this year is remarkable. He's been amazing this year. I just need to, I want to see more from it. But if I had to put the two main guys, it's either McCaffrey or Michael Thomas. Me, what, McCaffrey, what Christian McCaffrey does on the team, being the main weapon, I mean, you can't ask for anything else. T- if you're a Panthers fan... Never let, or if you're in that Panthers organization, never let him go. Keep him remember as long as you Remember when people thought can. he was a too early pick? Oh, yeah. Me- oh, yeah. What, six? N- uh, not six, me. Eight? No, he was eight. eight, eight, eight Dave, you know who drafted yeah, him, right? I know. Oh, I'm just, and oh, oh, me. Listen, I would take, oh, but, listen, I would take who was, hey, who, was the, who was the guy that didn't say that? Who was the guy that thought he was going to be Well, nice? I didn't say anything about that. Not you. I know. Our guy, Brian Forster, was like, oh, I don't want, I think he's going to be horrible. I bet the Eagles were wishing they had a guy like him. I bet thirty. My, about I bet a lot th- of teams would love that. But Chris guess McCaffrey. who didn't say he was going to be bad, and knew what he was going to be. Hello, I knew, and no. I said this last week, and I can't emphasize emphasize it enough. People that don't watch college football and are, get amazed by players like this, you have to start watching college football. At least not all the time like us, but you have to just start keeping an eye on it because this is what a great football player is. This is what he does. He dominated in college. He should have won a Heisman. He, I mean, that one of the best performances I've ever seen was in that Rose Bowl when he literally destroyed, single-handedly destroyed 53 other players in Iowa. Destroyed him on the first play of the game. Yeah. He is the best. He was the best player in college football for that year. Kick returner, He's been, punt returner, he does everything. Passes, now he doesn't do return now, but for good reason. But what he does, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, for when. Everybody thought he's not going to be able to run inside between the tackles. And look what he's doing right now. He gets the ball 25 to 30 times a game. He's a monster. And he's a, he's a PPR machine, if you want to go fantasy-wise. He is remarkable. 
So what, what Christian McCaffrey does for Carolina, I think is more impactful than what Michael Thomas does for the Saints. And don't get me wrong. Michael Thomas is amazing. He's the best receiver in the game right now. And he's an Ohio State boy. I love it. Ohio State boys. We dominate. We dominate in the league. Ohio State's dominating the league. But you look at Christian McCaffrey, what he does for Carolina. Everything revolves around him. You want and, everybody and everybody says, oh, they're going to find answers. I don't know if his play. Well, guess what? Hasn't been able to well, be he hasn't been able to be stopped so far. So what makes you think it's going to work now? Here's the thing. You want to talk fantasy? Here we go. Christian McCaffrey, last 20 full games. Games with 40-plus fantasy points. Three of them. 30-plus fantasy points. Ten of them. 25 fantasy points plus 16. 20 points. 18, 17 plus 19. So of the 20 games, he's giving you 17 plus points. I mean, not even just fantasy-wise. That's, listen, that's he, incredible. Listen, listen, the Carolina Panthers, with Kyle Allen as their quarterback, are a potential playoff team because of Christian McCaffrey. The Saints without Michael Thomas are still a playoff team without Michael Thomas, even though he's their only receiving weapon. Oh, yeah. But we let's just put, like, take Michael Thomas out and let's give them, like, Golden Tate. Are they still a playoff team, the New Orleans Saints? I think so. They may be fighting for a playoff. No, yeah. th no, they're they're a playoff team. Do they win their division? I don't know, but that's they're still making the playoffs. Okay. If the Carolina Panthers don't have Christian McCaffrey, they're probably where the Giants are. They're a two-win team. Mm. Yes. Their well, they're right now a five-win team. I so. know, but their defense is good. But the only reason why they've even I mean, the reason why they've come close to even the Saints last week of beating them was because of Christian McCaffrey. He's, I'm, I'm he's sorry, but... Listen, he's their only weapon. Greg Olson is re retired. No. I know he's not, okay? Let's let's get that straight. He's on my fantasy team. Don't tell me that. All right, he's extinct. Okay, <laughs> they got extinct. nice pieces. They got... They DJ got, Moore. They got DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel. Samuel. But they're not... They're, who are they for DJ receiving? DJ Moore's been pretty good this year. I know, but... Fifth in the league right now in receiving yards. Did you know... Yes, Fun I, I saw you, that okay. before you sent okay. me that. Okay. Because I saw that the other day. Because Bernard sent me that. I was like, wow, I saw that, that is day. fascinating. The top five receivers in yards were all. Could from, be different now. I don't know what the stats now. from the, the NFC, NFC South. Yes. And two of them are on Tampa. Crazy. Part of the reason might be why Jameis Winston's helping them win fantasy games. <laughs> but me, I say Christian McCaffrey. Michael Thomas is well deserving. Dalvin Cook this year is well deserving. Would as you well. put Michael Thomas as the best receiver in football? Let's just go I with just that. said it. He's the best receiver oh, in football? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Over Julio? Yeah. Julio don't stay on the field. Yeah. Oh, I would put DeAndre probably two. But Michael Thomas, to me, without question, man. Without question. Christian McCaffrey is the best back in the NFL right now. Yes. It could be up for debate. There's people that might say Zeke. Zeke has there might, No, Zeke There might be dropped. people that say Zeke. There might be people that still say Bar Saquon. There might be people that I say Dalvin if you, Cook. Listen, if you're Kamara. Doing, if you do, hold on. If you're doing it per year, not Kamara. Kamara has fallen off the table. Okay. I watched him last night. Okay. He drops too many passes, and he does you. not run the ball well up the middle. But I'm just not, If you were ranking running backs this year, it's McCaffrey 1 and Cook 2. It's not even close. Yes. Yes. Gurley has stepped back. Zeke yeah. has not been the same. But Michael Thomas, these two players are the best players at their position. Oh, yeah. But to me, I'll take Christian McCaffrey. And they're part he, of the reason why their teams are in the positions that they are. I love, I love, I'm so happy that guy, and I said it. He was the, those were two of the most polarizing athletes in their drafts. Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. And I'm so thrilled and so happy to see those two 
both dominating because I am huge fans of their play. I was huge fans of their play in college, and I know what they were able to do, and they're doing it right now. And I'm so, I'm thrilled. And I'm thrilled that Michael Thomas is dominating the way he is too. I love it. That's why I say people should prioritize watching a little more college football so you're not surprised by what you see on Sundays. It starts somewhere. It starts on Friday nights and goes to Saturdays and ultimately moves to Sundays. I'm telling you, people should prioritize watching college football a little more than they, than they do. We're taking our one and only break. When we come back, we will be talking college football. Are we on the verge of absolute chaos? I didn't want to say bedlam because there is an actual game that has a lot of meaning this week, and we'll be joined by the big old Kanish. And Chase Young versus Joe Burrow. That's who's going to win the Heisman this year. But Chase Young, does he have a realistic shot of winning the 2019 Heisman Trophy? We'll be joined by Chaz, as I said. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. Overcrest Media presents Keys to this City. Let's talk some college football. We'll be joined by the condition of few. But I want to start off with the Heisman. And this year it's very intriguing because we have a legit defensive player that has a, a, a realistic opportunity to win the Heisman. And that's Chase Young. And I, we've talked about him. I, I don't think we've ever talked about a defensive player in college football the way we've had on our show specifically. I mean, he's been so good and so dominant. Yes, he missed two games. It was against Rutgers, and it was against Maryland. Thank God. <laughs> He'd probably have the all-time record right now if he played those two games. He's got 16 and a half sacks. 16 and, and a half sacks. And he's missed so two it comes games. Down, so it comes down to Joe Burrow against Chase Young. Ted, he's, gonna most, he's most likely getting a shot, an invitation to New York. I think there's two guys on the Ohio State team that should make it. Let's hear. I think Fields and Chase Young should both be invited. I think Jalen Hurts should be invited. And, of course, Joe Burrow. It should be four guys. Those four guys should all be. You think it's going to be four players? They should be. If they don't, they're screwed up. Because four guys are deserving. Listen, we can, I know we can go other guys. You can tell me Trevor Lawrence's statistics the last six or seven games. He hasn't lost a game. He hasn't lost a game in two years. And he's His numbers are, are, are great. They're not as great as Jalen Hurts's. Justin Fields got 33 touchdowns, one interception. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's got the best team in college football. Joe Burrow is putting up historic numbers, SEC, almost big 12 numbers in the SEC. Here's the thing. If Tua wasn't hurt, Tua should be invited. Tua? Simple. Tua. Why, why should have Tua been invited? I mean, I, you, someone's going to make an excuse. Oh, he doesn't have the numbers he doesn't I mean, come on. You tell me two is not one of the four best, five best players, not Heisman candidacy worthy? Really? Do you think Chase Young is getting invited? He should be. 
But do you think he's realistically going to win? I just read an article on ESPN the other day that he's the second, he's the closest guy right now to Joe Burrow. Based on the ESPN, the votes and the picks, he's second. I think it's fascinating. And that, it's because here's the thing when you look at college football, and then, okay, Joe Burrow is putting up historic numbers and leading the second best team in college football, to my point. Ohio State's number one, LSU's number two. And that's not based on what everyone else says, that's what I see. Because when I look at Ohio State, they have the best scoring offense and they have the best defense, statistically. They have the best player, the best player in college football. It's not even close. The most dominant player in college football, too. No. It's like an LT, it's okay. like an LT type player. If you don't block him with minimum of two people, and sometimes that doesn't even work, he's going to wreck your offense. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think he... Look I at mean, what he did against Wisconsin and look at what he did against Penn State. His biggest games, he... Has seven. Now he's got Michigan. You know this two, he's going to be on noon you, tomorrow kickoff on you, Fox. Hold on. He, hold on. And he's going to literally be able to be – he could wreck house. He could take down the big house He's going to wreck the big house. My point is, is you get noticed and you get recognized for – the how the way uh, the way you play and your impact on your team. No, the way you play in the big games. Yeah, but Correct. also your no. impact on the team. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm agreeing, but I'm the at biggest it. games that they've had this year is against Wisconsin and Penn State. And they're gonna have one. This and Saturday. he had seven sacks combined against both teams. And like four forced fumbles. He and he could have had a lot more. My point is, is also. And we, were, we watched last week's game against Penn State. And all Joe Clatt was talking about when Ohio State was on defense is where is number two. That's why he's so great. He impacts the game even before the play. He's affecting the game and impacting your offense pre-snap offense. He, before it even happens. Lawrence Taylor. This kid. That's all I have to say. Look at Lawrence. I mean, he's a he's a. He's a man. He I, is a monster. I am not calling him Lawrence Taylor, but what I say that is, if his you, impact, if you, his if you impact watch the videos on, the on Lawrence Taylor and you hear about um, guys, Joe Gibbs, what was it? Was they put they they set a certain offense up because of Lawrence Taylor? It was it was I I wish I knew it. The way they schematically blocked, they had to account for him every play, and they couldn't just block him with one guy. They had to block him with two, and sometimes three. Lawrence Taylor because of what he was as a player and the destruction that he could cause on defense. That's what now, I'm, try- I'm, that's now, what I'm he trying to is say. The, he is the Lawrence Taylor version in the college football sense. Oh, yeah. Of what he could do because here's the thing. Where he's at right now, he's better than every offensive lineman that he's going to face. Now, maybe in the NFL it'll be a different story. It'll be compensated because the guys are more talented. That's why they're in the NFL. But at the college level... He is better than everyone else, and there's not a left tackle or a right tackle or a single guy in the entire college football that can block him one-on-one. And if it is, I want to see him. Do you think he's, he has the greatest impact in college football? Or do you, or would no, you still I, say? Uh, quarter, quarter, still, quarterbacks always yeah. have the greatest okay. impact because okay. they have the ball in their hands more so. Okay, non-quarterback. It yes. could be any, any, any. Yes, over a running back. It could back, be offense. Line. It could be yes, receiver. Absolutely. It could be, okay. He's the – I love what Jay said. Impactful wise, he probably has more impactful than Charles Woodson, and Charles Woodson won the Heisman. Won the Heisman from Michigan. Now, what makes Chase Young even great is great is because his team 
is the number one team in the country, and they have the best defense in the country, scoring defense. Everything else, it, like if you put the puzzle together, everything fits. The defense is great. They're the number one team in the country. He's the best player on the defense. He's the best player on the number one team in the country. I mean, here's here's how you want to look at it. We talk Ohio State. We don't even talk about J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields. And J.K. Dobbins is up for the Doak Walker Award, which is the best running back in college football. And Justin Fields is up is up for the quarterback award. Davey O'Brien. Davey O'Brien. Well, do you know Chase Young is also up for the, the Maxwell, Maxwell as well? Yes, I know. I know. That's, that's, I mean, that's speaking volumes to how great this how great he's been. And it's amazing because each week you have a game plan. Coaches, you know how it is. The rundown, they have game plans. The number one priority for each team's week when they're playing Ohio State has to be where is number two? Whatever number two is, we have to stop him. We, he has to be the vocal point of almost that entire team. And I'm saying he, uh, over Jobbins and over Justin Fields because of the, the, the impact, the ability of him. Like you said, Ted, you have to sometimes have two, two blockers on him. And sometimes that doesn't even work. You might need three at times. Just that's how great he is. All the time we, we, saw, la we laughed last week when we were watching Penn State. Remember the one point where I thought, he, thought was he was on sides and he timed it perfectly. He and he was so fast off the snap. like a It was over. Play was over like right Secretariat coming out of the gate, he's gone. And no. you don't have a chance to catch him. The lineman can't the time turn his the ball hips, was in Sean Clifford's him. hand, he, he was, was already he was already got dropped Even, to the ground. Remember, I remember the Wisconsin game. And you know, that's what speaks volume because look at the the um the Wyman that Wisconsin has consistently put in the oh, NFL. Yeah. Yeah, they, and, 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 yeah, and they usually turn out to be really good offensive well, linemen. One of the best, off consistent, most consistent offensive lines in college football, and they produce some of the best offensive linemen in the National Football League. It happens all the, the time. And the best thing for him is he's going to have he's going to have the big games the next. Well, he had Penn State last week. He's going to have Michigan this week on national television. There's not going to be any game that's going to compete against the game at noon, Michigan Ohio State, mm -hmm. and then he's going to have if. And it doesn't matter because even if they win or lose, they're gonna. He's gonna have the Big Ten championship to have those two big games to be able to have the impact he can have. It really could propel him. How, depending just, on how Joe Burrow plays the next two game in the SEC championship game, yeah. well, could, and Texas A&M too this be a, week could be a factor. I, I mean, I'm just. I, I'm. I think it's comical that he's not maybe gonna go number one. Well, because here's the thing. In the NFL, yes, quarterback. the quarterback. I know. I if, know. We I talked know. about this with uh, Texans. Deshaun Watson. I mean, the Beers, Trubisky. Having a quarterback or not having a quarterback. You either have a quarterback or you don't have a quarterback. You can't have in between. In between gets you eight and eight. You either, but, you either have a quarterback that's good enough. But a enough, team like the Bears, they're winning games. But not but because of him. Because of their defense and how great they've been. And Khalil Mack is a big part of that. And that's why I see a team like... But would they rather have... Let me ask you a question. If you ask the Bears fans, would you rather have... And I'm not going to use Mahomes because I feel like every time you use Mahomes or Rodgers, that's, that's a stupid thing. Let's, just say Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'm going to say. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or would you rather have Khalil Mack, the Bears? You have to give up one. Deshaun Watson. Exactly. And you still would have a good defense. I mean, it depends on how... I mean, uh, on, you're seeing it right now, but what... I know, the quarterback thing... How great quarterbacks are and how valuable they are. They're the most valuable position in all of sports. I know that. But with the way this kid has been so great and so dominant, it's almost laughable to see him not as the number one pick next year. 
I know Cincinnati needs a quarterback. They need everything. But to see this kid... Come on to New York, baby. Stay right in the Heisman. Let's hope that the Giants keep losing and don't pull the Giants and win two games down the road and finish 4-12 and 12 and don't get them. Because that could eat, that's a giant way. Finish 4-12. and 12. Oh, look, we got four games. We won four games. And then Shermer keeps his job, and then the Giants don't get Chase Young. And everything we want doesn't happen. And the Bengals won't win games if they don't... If They, they could take Chase Young, but they're still not going to win games with Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley. <sighs> You're not going to win games. Maybe go take a quarterback. Oh, I'd love to see Maybe go get a quarterback right in free – maybe a quarterback in free agency. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, does Who? Joe Burrow – I don't – Teddy Bridgewater? No, he's not going to Cincinnati. He wouldn't take the deal even if he gave him. Never know. He's not that stupid. Eli Manning? I'd love to hear what he's <laughs> Eli <saying>. Manning? <laughs> Eli Manning going to Cincinnati? Chaz hasn't picked – Chaz hasn't called, so – Still waiting. Still waiting on my text him. I text him a bunch of times. But we're going to get into it. We're going to continue. We're going to continue and move on. Are we on the verge, Ted? He's not listening to me. Yeah, I know. I'm listening. Listen in. Ralph's calling. Ralph's calling? Don't call. He, he, we're doing the show right now. <laughs> I love it. Friends and moms call at the worst time. Are we on the verge of chaos? It's a simple question, Ted. Because you think about this weekend, and every game that we're going to be discussing has major, major implications for the college football playoff and even the New Year's Six. You think about what's going on in the SEC. LSU's got to play Texas A&M. That's not even a game that we're talking about, but that is still a huge game. And then, of course, you got the Iron Bowl. You got the game. LSU, or you got Ohio State, Michigan. You got the winner of the Wisconsin-Minnesota game is going to the Big Ten. You got the game in Bedlam. You have Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. There are so many. I mean, the AAC, Cincinnati against Memphis. Today one, at 330. One of those teams, that's today, one of those teams is going to a big New Year's Six game. Well, that'll be a determination of, of where if, they're ranked. If someone goes to a big That's what I'm trying to say is that bowl this game. week is so big, and there are so many scenarios biggest weekend of the season so many scenarios that really could happen and i mean Ted, we did it before the show what if like think about this what Let, if let's play the what if game what if oklahoma loses to this to weekend ba well no what if oklahoma loses to baylor what if we said what if you lose what this if week? utah loses what if alabama loses this week what if georgia loses you put all those teams, Minnesota or Wisconsin, lose. What does that do for the committee going forward? I mean, we look that at would mean you a look, two you look at the college, team would You look at the, the top four right now, the top three, and I'm looking at it right now. Ohio State's one, LSU two, Georgia's four currently, and then Clemson's three, and then Alabama and Utah. What if all that happens and the, and the top three win? I told, Say the top three win. I told you, a two-loss team would get in. I, no, it has to be. But which two-loss team is getting in to the college football playoff? Who's looked good and who's eye test? That's be, where it comes eye test. The top, to me, the top three teams that would be well-deserving would be Alabama, would be Georgia, and would be either the Pac-12 champion. I mean, Oregon lost to Auburn. Would lose to Auburn and Arizona State. Arizona State. Utah five and five team. Utah. Utah lost to would be Oregon. USC and or possibly Oregon if they lost too. Yep. And then the and then maybe the Big Twelve if you want to put them. Oklahoma. They're two. Their one loss. 
right now yeah, but who is, is the Kansas State. And then, and then if they lost to Baylor or Oklahoma State. And Alabama's two losses would be to Auburn and to LSU. I think Alabama would have the two best losses. Ranking-wise. I mean, common sense right there. Look where Auburn's ranked and look where LSU's ranked. Georgia's two losses would be to the SEC chair. And here's where I said I think it would be Georgia. Depends on the SEC. If Georgia loses, say, 34-31, I think they stay in. I think they stay in four. It, it, this was all if Auburn beat Alabama today, Oklahoma, uh, you know, loses to Oklahoma State, but then beats Baylor in the Big 12. That's what I'm trying 12. to say. Yes, that's you what got, I'm trying to say. Oregon beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship, so now you can have Utah with two losses, Oregon with two losses, Baylor with two losses, Oklahoma with two losses. I think the, I know, I I think like the four, top te- four top options would be, in that scenario then, it would be Oregon because of the Pac-12 champ, Oklahoma because of the Big 12 champ, and then one of the SEC teams, Alabama or Georgia. Uh, and, That's what it and, comes and, down to. And I to. like where and Jason's coming from. He, you know, the Pac-12, Utah, he said Utah is not going to lose. But, and he said even if they did lose, they make it. They're not going to get the respect. I, I, if I, they lose again, it's very it, – with and I it put, should speak right here from the most recent college football playoff rankings. No. Alabama's still five. Yeah, but – Utah – Yeah, U- but their losses to LSU. I know, but – Utah's losses I know, to, but they're still – I know, and their quarterback – Utah is still winning. Utah is still winning. They're dominating. I know they haven't played anybody, but they are dominating. Alabama, their one loss is to LSU. From them to not still change anything. So Ohio State jumps LSU because they beat Penn State, right? But Utah's still winning. Alabama, who knows what's going to happen with them. The biggest thing for Alabama, they have to demolish Auburn. Like, they have to beat them by, like, Because this is their last game. Yes, this is their SEC championship. They have to win at least by three or four touchdowns. And I don't believe it's going to happen. They have to win comfortably. To have any chance of the committee saying, yeah, that lasting image of Alabama beating Auburn in Auburn by three touchdowns. Without, looks two, real, without Tua. With two, without Tua. Eh, that speaks a lot right Part there. Part of the reason why Ohio State got in with Cardell Jones. Look what he did. The impressive win that they were able to put together when Cardell Jones. Oh, they won the conference championship. No, I know, too. but a lot of it had to do with the way they won. They were going to get in them regardless. They so. were going to get in regardless of it that year because it's a conference championship. That's what I'm trying to say is there to me, if that all happens, then it comes down to the Big 12 champ, the Pac-12, and I think Georgia. If Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship, I think Georgia is wiped off. I think they're eliminated. I think it comes down then to Alabama or one of those two t- conferences. That's what it comes down to for me. It's that simple. You want to get into the games now? Yeah, we can get into the games. Let's get into the games. If he calls, if he, he calls, calls, he calls, calls whatever. Hey, I know he's a busy man. I know he's th- he's got things to do. He's going for his morning jog. So let's start with today's game, the Friday. <laughs> man, that's a- Friday afternoon, three thirty. Which is, it you know most people don't know much about this conference, about these teams. From this state, all you know is about the garbage Connecticut team, <laughs> because they're in the but AAC. This is a, this but this is for a chance to possibly get into a New Year's Six bowl game. Well, because these, are the two, at-large. because these are the two highest seeds of the at-larges. I know they're in the AAC, but of the Power Five, really. How, how serious do you take the AAC? I take, them, I take them seriously because of what Central Florida's done the last couple of years. Oh, Cincinnati's only loss so far is to Ohio State, and it was a competitive loss. I don't know if competitive loss is, but everyone loses by 20 points, so I, you know, take it for what it's worth. Competitive loss. I've never heard that one before. 
You come up with that randomly? Yeah, I guess. That's not good, bro. Why? It's That's not good, bro. It is good, bro. That's not good. So what do we got? What are we thinking? The AAC, this is their this is their massive game. This is I know they have the conference championship next week. But right now, Cincinnati's the hottest team right now in this conference. They've played great. They haven't looked good though the last two weeks. They have struggled not, against Temple they, last week. And they struggled against uh South Florida the week before. They won 15-13 last week against Oof, Temple. Their ugly. quarterback, Desmond Ryder, he hasn't performed well. They don't throw the ball well. They're, not a, they're more built on their defense. Mm-hmm. Quarterback for Cincinnati, like I said, Ryder, he's, 18, he's at, completed 18 passes out of 42 attempts in the last two games. That's oh, not too good. For only 140 yards, and he's failed to throw for a touchdown in either game. So, you know, if Cincinnati is going to win this game, this is a game where they're going to have to keep in the 20s. Memphis is a team that can score. Oh, they score. I was looking at they, their, they score. I, I look at the last five games that I have. Scored 49 against South Florida, 45 against Houston, 54 against SMU, 42 against Tulsa, and 47 against Tulane. Now I know, garbage teams. But Cincinnati, they barely got past Temple. They barely got past South Florida. I don't count this the game against this Connecticut is very, because everyone beats Connecticut yeah, hold by on, a million. Hold on. Okay, they beat Eastern Carolina, beat Temple. If the reason why we're talking about this game because Cincinnati's already in the championship game. They're not sure who they're going to play. If, if Memphis wins, there will be a rematch next weekend for the AAC championship. Memphis, Cincinnati, and Memphis. If Cincinnati wins, Memphis has to hope that Navy loses to Houston. Mm-hmm. So this Memphis team could score. Their quarterback is this phenomenal. Is what, Kenneth Gainwell. No. This, the quarterback, Brady Ken- White, man. He's got over 30 touchdowns, seven The Tigers? The yes. Memphis Tigers, it says Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, that is the oh, running back. Oh, that's the running back. Holy smokes. Oh, uh, no, you, oh, you want to say holy smokes. You want me to say what you said earlier and let the people hear what kind of stake you had? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Hold on. This is very simple for this game. Which team's strength is going to be more successful? Is the defense of the Bearcats going to show up or is the Tigers' offense going to run house over the Bearcats? It's that simple. Memphis is an offensive juggernaut. And the stout defense of the Bearcats right now. They win defensively. Offensively, it's been up and down with them. They need to get it going. If they get their strength working and they can have a little of their offense be effective, then they're going to win the game. But if their defense is getting torched, and you could really tell by a game with these types of games as well, is within the first quarter or so, you, got, you get a feel for it the first two drives, but you really under, get a good understanding of the outcome of this game in the first quarter. And I really do believe that. And I, th- and I really want to see which team is going to show up for Cincinnati. Oh, absolutely, because it's in Memphis. You figure Memphis, Memphis has got all the momentum, and they have, every mo- they have much more to play for in the sense of Cincinnati knows they're in the conference championship game next week. Yeah, but they, Memphis, know, how, know, they know how important this game is because they can win this. They'll climb in the rankings, oh. and guess what? Though it's that much closer to a possible New Year's Six Bowl. Now, Memphis has beaten Cincinnati three straight and four of the last six times. Okay? Tigers lost the title in each of the games. Doesn't matter. Memphis is undefeated at home this season. I'm taking Memphis in the game. I'm taking them big. I believe they win. Low Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got a little. I know. I, I, listen, this is. I was reading all about this game. I'm really excited. Were you reading about it, Ted? <laughs> well, no, because I don't really get to see it. these teams play much. And I know Memphis can score. And I like teams that score. It makes it fun. It makes the game interesting. And you got Cincinnati who plays really sound defense. Yeah. So 
it's it's like a basketball game. A team that likes to play up tempo versus a team that wants to slow the ball. What team is going to be able to impact their influence and their game plan? It's like me and you. You're the fast pace, and I got to slow the tempo down. Well, that's because you're <laughs> ch- chunky. And I'm, come on, yeah. why does it always got to be about the chunkiness? That's okay. I'm, I'm a chunky. I know. I didn't even chunk- go that way. I'm a chunky I ap- monkey. I apologize. I'm a chunky you. monkey. As your girlfriend says, she loves your meat. Oh, the handles. She loves my love handles. <laughs> she loves that. my love handles. Okay, so <laughs> I like Memphis big. I think they cover by over two touchdowns. I think being home is going to have a big influence. They have a lot more to play for. I love their offense. Brady White throw the ball all over the field. So and, Memphis. and Cincinnati has trouble stopping teams like this. Okay. I'm going to go, like you said, you, you I'm going to say, and I, I'll give you a score if you want it, 37-20. You did a good job of explaining, and, and it's, it's very simple. It's Who wants him more? Now, I know Cincinnati's in the AAC Championship. Does Memphis Memphis needs the win to get any chance of playing in it? I'm gonna go with the Tigers as well. I think with the home field advantage, I think that is a a huge upside for them. I think that's a a, a game changer for them. If this was in Cincinnati, all signs for me would point to Cincinnati. I think home field advantage plays a big part in these yeah. smaller games. Yeah. And and here's the other thing: it's different. It's, it's, it's different with games like. Like an Ohio State, Michigan, because or Alabama, Auburn, because you've seen teams like that win on the road in big games like that. Whereas a Cincinnati, Memphis, you don't know what type of team you're going to get when you're going on the road. And I don't like to see my quarterback, who's 18 of 42 for 140 yards in the last two games and hasn't thrown a touchdown. I, I don't I don't like that. It's like Ted's numbers. You know, and, and to think he's going to go to Memphis and light it up. No, they're going to try to run the ball, control the clock. I don't think it happens. Not in this type of game. Okay. I think Me- Memphis rolls them. It's it's okay. gonna be big. Brady White throws the ball over the field. They got to run him. Okay. Speaking of scoring, we're getting into bedlam, and we're on the verge of bedlam in college football, but we have a game in bedlam. This game is always <laughs> this game. If you like points, ladies and gentlemen, this game always produces points. Lots and lots of them. Most recent games have been over about 100 points total in this game, in this series. Do you remember, the, do you remember the Mason Rudolph-Baker Mayfield game? Yeah. Like 63 Yeah, that's to what I'm talking 50. about. I think last year was another huge uh, – I think last year was 42 to 41. This game puts up points. This is all about offense and no defense. This is at home in Oklahoma State. Jalen Hurts, what are we going to see from him? Are we going to see the Heisman hopeful – Continue to dominate. And this Oklahoma State team, we know what they are. They don't have the defenses. You can throw it out the book. Throw it out the window. They're gone. It's all about offense. Can Oklahoma State control tempo of this game and keep that Oklahoma offense off the field? Chuba Hubbard. One of the best backs in the country. This is Everybody a- wants to always talk about J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss. I'll, I'll give a shout-out to our Utah guy. Or Zach Moss. But Chuba Hubbard has been incredible, and he's their focal point of this offense. He's got 1,800 yards rushing. He's, fa- he's, he's a got fast- four games of over 200 yards rushing. Listen, this- I mean, he's going to have a huge game too. But which one of their stars is going to produce? Is it Jalen Hurts? Or is it going to be Chubba Hubbard? And, this, and, and, both, and for both guys, I'll even give Hubbard a, a, a slight opportunity, but this is an opportunity for him to at least push himself in a Heisman candidacy, at least a thought process, okay? Mm-hmm. He's already up for the Doak Walker. He's one of the best running backs in the ga- game. You know, I don't like that Oklahoma State 
you know, they always can't come through in the clutch against this Oklahoma team. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is going to be Jalen Hurts. He does it all for this team. I mean, they also did lose. Don't forget, Oklahoma State lost their main receiver, Tylen Wallace. He was a huge weapon oh, yeah, for them. Yeah. And he's been out. For, I mean, that's a huge hit for them. But Jalen they all hurts. Jalen Hurts has been amazing this he's year. He's been a one-man wrecking crew. He's got over 3,100 yards passing, 30 passing touchdowns. He's got over 1,100 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a season this guy has had. Tremendous work that Lincoln Riley does. Listen, Mike Gundy is going to have to be able to run the ball with Oklahoma State. They're going to be able to control the clock. Oklahoma has not been that impressive, though. The last four games, they've, <laughs> they've barely gone by. They barely got by Iowa State. They barely got by TU last week. Mm -hmm. They've struggled to pull away from teams. It's funny because you look at the scores early, and they're like, they're up 21 to nothing or 28 to 7. Next thing you know, you look in the fourth quarter, and they're only up by a touchdown. Listen, I feel like this is, this is Jalen Hurts' last chance to really – Put himself in the Heisman candidacy. I think he's still it. in the Heisman conversation. But I also think for them to have a, a lasting image of toward the national championship, because every game for them is going to be national that championship. Much more. They ain't get to the national. Well, you know, just a college football playoff. Ah, it could be the this same. This is thing. about and this is where we're going to start getting into those college football playoff implication type games, and it starts here. Oklahoma's going to the Big Twelve championship. This doesn't. This is not going to be a pre-Big Twelve championship picture. No, it's not. This is not happening. It's you know the quarterback from Oklahoma State's out too, right? Yes, Drew Brown is their quarterback right now, and he was relying on Hubbard last week against West Virginia, and that's what I think he's going to have to do as well. Run the football with your three-down back, your alpha of the offense, and your best player. Give him the ball. Keep Jalen Hurts in that Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley offense. Off the field, plus C.D. Lamb as well, who is a it ain't monster. Happen. It ain't going to happen. Oklahoma's From got what we've much. seen in the past, expect fireworks, expect big plays, expect a lot of points. I'm going to go with Oklahoma to continue their hope in getting to the college football playoff. And I got a score of 42. Don't even say it. To 38. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say 42-31 because that's what I have. I got 42-38. Sooners. 42-31. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because if you said that score... Watch, this game's going to be even higher scoring than this. No, I bet it's They're going to be like... No, because be, Oklahoma State... Without, it'll be like 50 to like 45. It won't be because Oklahoma like, State's going to try to slow the That's slow what I'm saying. The if they down, can slow the game and down... And that means not a lot more... That extra points that you think are going to get to 50, you're not going to get that. They're going to run... That's fine. They're going to run the football. Missing their quarterback's going to hurt. But not having Tywin Wallace is going to hurt if them. If they can keep Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley off the field, they have a shot. Yeah, but it's not like they have the defense to do it. Neither one have great defenses. We know what this rivalry is. It's points. Fireworks. It's Bedlam! It's Bedlam. But we're both on the Sooners. Yes, absolutely. We're both on the Tigers and both on the Sooners. I think things hopefully will change soon enough. Let's get into the third game. It's in the Big Ten. We got two Big Ten games. Massive game this week. Massive. Who is Ohio State going to play next week in Indianapolis? Is it going to be the Golden Gophers? Or is it going to be... Badgers of Wisconsin. Wisconsin, see, this is in Minnesota now. Now, we've seen what Minnesota was early on in the year, a couple weeks ago, against Penn State at the time, number four in the country. The biggest game in Penn State history, or Minnesota history. Eh, guess what? This might be the biggest game in Minnesota history now. Because you win this game, hey, Golden Gopher fans, you're going to the Big Ten Championship. The only problem is you got to play the mighty Buckeyes. This comes down to, for me, Minnesota. Can you slow down 
Jonathan Taylor. If they're very, we Wisconsin over the past couple of years, they're very one-dimensional. They rely on running the football, controlling tempo of the game, wear and tear on the defense. They're going to run the ball with, with Jonathan Taylor. It's a fact of life. They're, that's their best player. Give your alpha the ball. Give your horse the, back of the ball. And that's what they're going to do. But them being at home, Minnesota, it favors the Golden Gophers right now. So is Minnesota going to be, in a long time, can they get to the Big Ten Championship? Ted, what do you think about this game? It's a toss-up. I mean, this is such a toss-up. I'm, you know, I'm reading the article as you're talking, and I'm listening to you, and I'm, you know, you know, you got Wisconsin. You know what they are? They're gonna run the football with and Jonathan Taylor. Also, a trip to the Rose Bowl. If they don't get to, if oh, they don't absolutely. win the, this is a trip which to is the not Ro- a bad consolation. Me, the granddaddy of them all, baby. And we've talked about going there. Yeah, talked. You know, <laughs> this Wisconsin team, we know what they are. They run the football with Jonathan Taylor. He's got over 1,800 yards. He's one of the best backs in America. We knew that anyways coming into the season. They have a great defense, or a sound defense. Mm-hmm. But this Minnesota team, I'm thinking about rowing the boat this week. Rowing the boat, P.J. Fleck, Tanner Morgan. They proved to me by beating Penn State at home that they can win a big game. They have something special brewing there. You know, if Wisconsin was home, I'd take Wisconsin. But this is a home game for Minnesota. They've lost, what was the stat? It was like 23 of the last 24. I gotta give me one second. I had it right in front. Of me. Sorry, doesn't even matter. They've do, they've gotten dominated. Wisconsin's in this Wisconsin's dominated this, but Minnesota's gonna win this year. They are, and they're gonna face Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Okay, what's the score? 27-24, Minnesota. I got the Golden Gophers as well. I just think them being at home, and this is a dream season. This is this is. This is a season that I think coming into the year, some people thought Minnesota, they were talented enough. They can win about eight, nine games, but now it's more serious than that. It's, this, is, this is something that Golden Gopher fans haven't been able or not used to. I mean, right now we're, we're a week away from conference championship weekend and a week and a half from making the final four and who's going to be and in the final four. And you think about how big this game would have been. Has imagine a, if they never lost to Illinois. And Minnesota has a legit chance a legit chance if they went out to get to the college football playoff. Who would have thought that coming into this year? This is a dream season. P.J. Fleck, man, nothing but respect. Such a great coach. He did it at Western Michigan. He's doing it with Minnesota right now. That man deserves to get a job at a, at a bigger school as well. He's staying there, so good for him. He's going to stay loyal to Minnesota right now. But to see what they're doing, man, this is... Awesome. If you're a Golden Gopher man, you can't be nothing more than excited. And you have to be, you're fiending, you're drooling at waiting for this game to happen so tomorrow. So there's, I'm just reading the weather forecast for this game. Oh, please give me so, some. So, give me, so, give me some so, precipitation. So, precipitation. Give me so, some precipitation. So, I didn't realize this. Minnesota beat them in 2018. Last Be- year. Yeah. Beat them. So, Wisconsin Ooh. is going to look in for revenge. Now, I'm just reading something, and it means something to me. A senior send-off. They got 13 seniors on this Minnesota team. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand. What's the weather? You said you, the weather. Oh, winter, wintry mix. Oh, so here we go. Here we go. Tanner Morgan leads the Big Ten in passing yards and already set Minnesota's record for 26 passing touchdowns in a season. Well, guess what? That okay. fa- that favors then. If the weather plays a factor, 
That is all favored now in in Wisconsin. With the winter remix forecast for, uh, set for Saturday, the running game ought to be critical for them as for the Badgers. Minnesota ranks fourth in the conference for rushing yards behind an offensive line that averages 340 pounds per offense for player. We like that big ground. If that's going to be an issue, you got to give Wisconsin a little bit. But I'm still going to take. You got to take the row in the boat. You got to take Golden Flag. Dream, keep the dream, dream season, season going. going on. Home field advantage. We're both on the crowd. Golden Gophers. I got to score. And imagine if Wisconsin ever lost to Illinois. They'd have one loss. And how? Think about the impact. Oh, I know. This game would be it's even still big. huge. It's, it's still, still huge. The Paul Bunyan Axe Trophy. I got 27-21 Golden Gophers. We're all so far perfect right now. Three for three. My God. What is going on? This is not supposed to happen. Let's get over to the Iron Bowl. You know, college game day is going to be there. Where, Minnesota and Wisconsin? Really? Right now. That's tough to pick. Yeah. That's tough to it's, pick where you're going. ESPN's you College Game Day crew set for the first trip to Minnesota among the 65. Wow. Gophers were one of the 10 teams yet to be picked for the host. This was a tough week to pick which game you'd go to right now. But let's get into the Iron Bowl. Let's move over to the next game. The Iron Bowl. Let's move over to the next game, the Iron Bowl. Everybody's favorite team, the Crimson Tide. I know Chaz's favorite team, Crimson Tide. This is pretty much simple to me. I think Alabama's going to beat up on Auburn. I think Bo Nix. I'll still. I'll take Mac Jones over Bo Nix. Still, I'm sorry, but I know Auburn's home. They have a stout defense led by Derek Brown. We know that. It's not happening. Are you picking Auburn? Yes. We're gonna eliminate Alabama right now this week. What do you mean we? We. 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 Who's we? We the fans. Oh come on. Everybody's a hater. And now we won't have the argument about Alabama. They're not going to the SEC championship game. We know we that. Know that. We know that. But the Alabama Crimson Tide, this is their SEC championship. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to put the ball in Mac Jones' hands and put him in situations that he doesn't feel comfortable yet. And this is going into a stout defense, a, a crowd that's going to be in a frenzy because it is the Iron Bowl. It is one of the main, biggest rivalries in all of sports. These teams hate each other. They do not like each other. They may respect one another, but they do not like each other. And I, to me, another thing comes down to coaching. I'll give Bo Nix. Listen, Bo Nix has been the quarterback all year. Mac Jones hasn't. Okay, I gave you the numbers and whatever stats. It doesn't matter. He's played against Arkansas and Western Carolina. Okay. Arkansas, I don't even know if you would call it a division one team. team. <laughs> yeah, it's still a team. Arkansas versus uh, UConn. National championship. There's no two of them. Alabama's defense has, not, has been suspect this year. This is not the Alabama's defense that we're accustomed to seeing with Nick Saban. Bo Nix has been playing all year. This Auburn team, this is their Super Bowl. And now I know that's Alabama's too because things happen weird in this game. Okay. I just think yeah, all, you're right about that. I just think Auburn can match up with them. I like the quarterback. I like that Bo Nix has played all season. Against real competition. He had to go against LSU. He went to Florida. He played Oregon on a neutral site. This is... I'll be shocked if Alabama wins. You make it seem like they're a 25-point underdog or something. No, because I would give Alabama much more respect. He's calling. He's calling. Hold on. He's back. He's back. Oh, I just put up the Christmas tree for the girlfriend and her parents. You're not so, fun. You're, not a good, fun. You're, you're a good human being. 
You're a good yeah, so, so, oh, listen, I just got to say this. So, Chaz, so far, me and Trev have done our picks so far. We haven't done the big game, but I'll just tell you We're what we We're doing the Alabama game currently right so, now. So, in the Memphis-Cincinnati game, we both picked Memphis. Just on the field. We're talking field. In the yep. Minnesota-Wisconsin game, we both picked Minnesota. We are on the – in the Bedlam game, we both are on Oklahoma to win on the field. Now we're talking about the Iron Bowl. Your favorite, your favorite team. We're talking about your favorite team right now. I like, I love Auburn. Home team, Bo Nix, that team. To take Alabama nope. out of the college football playoff. Are you it's on? Time. Are you on the Tigers uh, bandwagon as well? This Let's week? start with this game because we're talking about it. Hey guys, I'll quickly give you my other two predictions. Please. Memphis is going to roll Cincinnati. Great. Cincinnati in their last seven games have been outgained six out of the last seven times by their opponent. The only team that didn't was UConn, and UConn is a barely a high school football team. <laughs> I think Memphis rolls. Someone. I love the Minnesota call. Mm -hmm. That Wisconsin defense has been Jekyll and Hyde all year. Roll the and boat. that offense is lacking in identity right now. Guys, in the Auburn Iron Bowl, Alabama has struggled going to the Plains. Here's the two things I'm watching. Bo Nix, okay? If you watched him against, against really good competition, he has not completed 50% of his passes, and he's three touchdowns, four interceptions in those games. Don't know what I'm going to get out of Bo Nix. I think Jones is the better quarterback. And despite Auburn having an unbelievable front seven, I think the Alabama offensive line will able, be able to neutralize their defensive front. He's picking I think the, Alabama will roll He's Auburn picking the roll the tide. I love Even it. Even though baby. you can't stand Alabama. I love it. That's how you know you just don't see it happening. And the last game. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the other one we didn't, you forgot to mention, who do you think wins the bedroom game, bud? Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma needs a game for their outside chance of getting in. The problem is last three games – they have been sneaking by opponents. They've won, they beat TCU, Iowa State, and Baylor by a combined eight points. The problem, turnovers. In the last eight games, they are negative 10 on the turnover differential. They will not be able to turn over the ball and recover against a Mike Dundee coach team. Give me Oklahoma State plus 12. Oh, that's a huge spread. Too big. Okay, and, so, then, and then I want to get to Here we go, the and big And then the game. quick game. Is this going to be Jim Harbaugh's last game as head coach of, of Michigan if he loses this game? Are you picking the massive upset? Trev, I, I know you guys hate my, uh, my boy Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> but is there any team that's playing better than the Michigan Wolverines since halftime of that Penn State game? Not at For all. the last no, 18 yeah, quarters, <laughs> they have been dominant. And two reasons why. John Brown's defense – they have not allowed an opponent. They've only allowed an opponent to rush over 100 yards uh, twice in the last eight games. And that, one of those games was the Wisconsin debacle. The other, Shea Patterson, 14 touchdowns, one interception since Penn State. Here's the other thing. Did you see a stat line against Indiana? Five touchdown passes, 366 yards. He's playing lights out. Here's why Michigan will cover the spread. <laughs> 6-1, 6-2, and 6-5 wide receivers. Mismatch problem for that, back, for that back end of that Ohio State defense. I think that Michigan will cover this spread and deliver Jim Harbaugh's first victory against his hated rival from the, from the north. That would be historic. Michigan rolls. You are crazy. You're nuts. I can't believe, I can't believe you really think they're going to win. I just don't see it. Well, because you're I, a Ohio State I, fan. That's I'm, I, I'm, I really honestly think 
that the, the, this this offense has finally found its identity. It's clicking. And Ohio State has not been challenged with height that they're going to see from Michigan. 6'1", 6'2", 6'5". Those guys are playmakers, and they're going to make plays. Who's stopping number two? I, I mean, I, I listen, I think that Michigan's defense has played, has played well all year. No, but who's, no, mean, who's, not, who's, not, who's, who's going to stop Chase Young? Who's stopping him? Um... I, I mean, you, you try to do the you try to do the, the uh, a tight end or the back to chip off or something. It hasn't worked. You saw Penn well, State. Me, I, me, I know it was twenty eight seventeen, but for majority part of that game, Ohio State completely dominated that game. Penn, Penn State Penn State blocked him one on one the whole game. They didn't chip. He didn't get tight end. He didn't get fullback help. He had three sacks I, last I mean, week. Let's be honest. Chase Young was absent against Penn State. He had three completely sacks. He, he had three sacks last week. Trev, he was absent in that game. That was in mop-up duty when Penn State was down. But they blocked. They, they blocked. They played great. Penn day. State played really well last week against oh, them. You you must have been hanging up a tree again or something. You must have not been watching that game or something. You must have been putting decorations up for. They blocked for, him one on one, and Michigan's offensive line is much better than Penn State's. Oh, Don't forget, Michigan's offensive line coach was the old Ohio State line coach under Urban Meyer, my dear friend. Sounds good. Hey, I hope to see you this weekend. All right, big guy? We will, big guy. Put all the money you got on Michigan plus nine and a half. <laughs> we'll see you, Sounds good, pal. See ya. Oh, man. He's out. He is out of his damn mind. He's nuts. A quick on this Auburn game, and then we'll get to the Ohio State game. I think it just comes down to coaching. Saban, Malzahn. Malzahn makes the mistake in big games where Saban doesn't. He takes advantage of the little mistakes. And I told you. Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Bo Nix. I'm going with Bama. I think they win big, too. I think they win 38-24. to 27-24, Auburn. I think, they, I think it's comfortable. I think it's comfortable. Now we get in to the big game. My game. My favorite game of the year. And for this week, I will be talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes and the team up north. That's what they will be called for this week. Any other week, they could be called... Whatever. But for this week, they are called the team up north. Ohio State has won seven. Look straight. at the screen right now. Michi Ohio State has dominated Michigan this series. Michigan has only won three times since 2000. Ohio State has dominated this series. They're going to continue to dominate this series. I'm sorry, but Jim Harbaugh. I loved. I like Jim Harbaugh. It just so happens he coaches the team up north. It's just that simple. I think Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. I hope Jim Harbaugh is the next giant coach. But I'm sorry. The more talented team is going to win. The more dominant team. You think this he game said, is close? No. Michigan, Michigan has been great. They have been since Penn State. But you, the Ohio State Buckeyes have been the most complete team, the most dominant team in college football. We will find Everybody out. Everybody wants to say, oh, well, they only won by 11 last week. Who cares? They dominated that game. They took control of that game. They played a little sloppy, and Justin Fields has to control – Get, carry the ball, and when he does, he has to control the ball. Hold on to the ball. He has eight fumbles this year. There's no need for that. Hold on to the damn ball. It's not that hard. They're going to go after that. When they see a weakness like that, a great defense is going to. A great defensive coordinator like Don Brown, he's going to go after that. He's going to try to exploit that. Justin Fields has to be great this week. I know what Chase Young's going to do. He's going to impact this game one way or the other. Shea Patterson has to be great for Michigan to win. 
It's that simple. But Justin Fields has to be that Justin Fields like he's been this year. He has to be the Heisman hopeful, the guy that has 33 touchdowns and one pick right now. He has to be that player for Ohio State to win. And Shea Patterson has to have the game of his life to win this game. Well, I mean, you look at this game. You right. You said we were talking about the Penn State game against Michigan. Yeah. Last four games, Michigan is at one by an average of thirty and a half points a game. Now they played Notre Dame and Michigan State, two big rivals in that time, and they were. And that what really got me thinking about Michigan again was when how dominant they were at home against Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame, for the most part, has been a pretty good team this year, and lately they've been dominant. Listen, we know what this game is. Ohio State has the number one defense, scoring defense. They have the number one scoring offense. Justin Fields is a Heisman candidate. J- Chase Young's a Heisman candidate. There's three guys in Ohio State secondary that'll probably be drafted in the first or second round. The way you're gonna have to beat, and I got it right in front of me. The way you're gonna have to beat Ohio State is you got to get to Justin Fields. You, first of all, you got to stop the run because they well, average they over lo- 281 yeah. yards a they game rushing for football. Ohio State. But Ohio State, if there is a weakness on their offense, it's their offensive line and pass protection. They've given up 25 sacks this season, which is ranked 84th in the nation. Now, what's, what Michigan does well is they rush the quarterback. They have 35 sacks this year. That ranks them 12th in the nation. So you got to get them in predictable s- circumstances where they're going to have to pass the ball. Now, listen, Ohio State's the more talented team. They should win this game. But I think Michigan covers the spread at least. This game will be closer than a lot of people think. It's in Michigan. You know, the, the biggest thing I noticed last week with Penn State is you got to be able to have – if you're going to rush the quarterback, someone's got to watch out for Justin Fields. you got to have a spy on him. It's got to be like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Someone's got to be floating waiting for him. you got to maybe rush three, drop another guy back. I don't know what you're going to have to do. You're not going to be able to play man coverage against these receivers in Ohio State. They're too talented. Someone's going to have to block Chase Sean. But just because this is a rivalry, it's in Michigan. I trust Harbaugh this one time. I think they finally – I think Michigan, this is the team that can finally make a game of it. Against the best Ohio State team? Yeah. This has been the best but Ohio – But this might be the best Michigan team in the last few I years. I don't know, man. That last year's team was really good. Yeah. That well, team was really good. Remember how great their defense was? Come on. Led by Devin Bush, Rashawn Gary. They were nasty last year, their defense. They were a top-10 team. Yeah, well, and they know, gave up 62 points. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. No, I'm not saying that. There is also possibility of some precipitation. Some weather could affect precipitation. Could affect the game as well, and that could pull go into favor for Ohio State because they are a run heavy team. They are run first. They love running the ball with number two, J.K. Dobbins, and their quarterback, their main guy, Ohio Justin State, Field. 37, Michigan 28. They cover by a half a point. I thought you were going Michigan this week. No, they're not picking them. I don't think they're going to win. There's too much talent on this Ohio State team. There was a, there was a thing they talked about. Joe Clank, get Con, yeah, Con No, I think it was even Jonathan Vilmer said, this might be the most talented team Ohio State's had in wow. ever. Yeah. Ever. I mean, the year they won the, the, the college football playoff with Zeke and Joey Bosa, that was a really good team, though. That was a real good team. Cardell Jones against Justin Fields. J.K. Cardell Dom- Jones played in, in three games and was more, more remarkable. Okay, just. I think Chase Young's better Zeke than and Jake, I, think, I think Chase Young is Bosa, better. That's a toss-up, whatever you want. They also have three guys in the secondary that can all be drafted in the first round for Ohio State. Their cornerback. They did last. They did that year. They had Eli Apple. They had Lattimore. That wasn't last. They had Lattimore and they had Von Bell. I mean, they weren't all first-round picks, but and they're they all on the Saints. Yep, they yeah. are all on the Saints. I know they're that. all on the Saints. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's I know it's crazy, but 
To me, it, oh, they also had Michael Thomas. Also on the Saints. <laughs> That's why the Saints are the so New Orleans good. New Buckeyes. That's why the Saints are so good. Yeah, of course. They got Buckeyes. Look, there's so many storylines with this game. Harbaugh versus Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day, after the, the little eh, up and down play in the second half against Penn State last week, Ryan Day's going. Chase to- has Ohio State 42-13. Wow. And he, he wants to know if Chaz is blind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did you see my reaction? He was. He had three sacks. That's going unnoticed. And it wasn't mop up time because there was no mop up time. That's going unnoticed. He had two sacks. He had two forced fumbles. He He was all over the field. Chaz must have been doing decorations or something that day. He must have been drinking the Jack Daniels. The Jack Daniels. Oh, I know what he was. He's at the Yale Harvard game. That's why he didn't see oh. any of the games. He's at the Yale Harvard game. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. That's what he was. Oh my God. How did I forget? He about was him? winning money on Yale. How did I forget about that debacle? Anyways, this comes down to Shea Patterson versus this defense. Can Shea Patterson make enough plays against this stout defense, the number one defense in the country, led by the Predator, the alpha of college football, Chase Young, and the Michigan defense? Can they slow down Ohio State? Ohio State's clicking right now. Both teams are clicking. I expect this to be a good game, but I think Ohio State pulls away late in the game. I expect it to be with the weather. I don't know. I think that changes score. I don't know if they score. A what lot do you of, got, bro? I don't know if they score. I got uh, 42 to 27. You don't think they're going to score that much, but you say 42. Yeah, well, so you got to score. I said, okay, there you go. 42-27. My Buckeyes roll into the Big Ten Championship. And Jim Harbaugh gets fired, and Jim Harbaugh is the next – New York Giant football coach. <laughs> that's all That's all the future. I just predicted the future, so don't even think about 2020. It's over. We already know what's going to happen. I can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to – I can't wait just to see Ohio State and Michigan. All right, well, let's, uh, let's hurry up finish so we can get to tomorrow. We can't get to tomorrow. <laughs> what, do you want to go like this? Time machine? It's always one of my favorite weekends because of the fact – it's just rivalry week, and it's Ohio State versus the team up north. I'm so excited for it. It starts today right now. We got Virginia Tech and Virginia. Winner of that is playing Clemson. Everything will shape up sooner or later. It's just who knows what's going to happen. Bedlam is upon us. Chaos is upon us. Everybody, have a great weekend. Also, please be safe. We've got some weather coming in on Sunday. Safe travels. I know everybody's coming back from the holidays. Please be safe driving and be smart. Stay off your phones, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll be back next week. See you later. We're out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.